You're not leaving. Actually, Dirk, I am. Sure thing. Whatever you say, Rustbuster. I know this is hard to accept, but I am leaving Zenith. Rust, a few months ago, you threatened to leave the show because I left the cap off the toothpaste. In my house, months after I kicked you out. My point is, you didn't leave then and you ain't gonna leave now. I know you're poking face, and I'm busting your bluff. A scry studio on Sigma T-24 is doing a piece on the effects of the Arcanacost during the Purity Wars. They want me to write and host. After that, I intend to return to the Dolostone Strait on Gamma K-7. I don't intend to leave until I've helped begin the healing process. Wow. Can't believe it. We just started to become friends. We're not friends, Dirk. But that doesn't mean I don't care about you. Or perhaps worry is more accurate. You know what I mean. I knew we'd never be best buds, but I thought we'd at least be best journalists. BJ's for life. Banging it out nightly on the desktop for everyone at home to watch. Just think of the kids, Rustminster. You deserve to work with people who like you. Or at least don't treat you like a persistent fungus. But I was your fungus. I didn't think this was all going to go ass up so soon. I've learned a lot from you. Now it's all changing. I just don't want to do this alone. You won't be alone. Yeah. How's that? Dirk Bradley doesn't strike me as the kind of man to hide his light under a bushel. Besides, you have more friends than you think. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. As you pass through the ring gate into Zenithal airspace, you are immediately halted. Hello, unnamed craft. What is your clearance? Uh, our clearance is good enough. I guarantee you and absolutely assure you it is not. Gaspar, they didn't buy it. Help. We are champion team, fellow crown. Uh, let me check on that. We should name this boat. Have it registered to our team. So far, I'm like in little prison. Little prison? Uh, Gasper, what happens if they say no? Then we open fire. It's the only rational thing to do. Our ship's taking lots of hits. You sure you can sink them before they sink us? No, but we'll go down in a blaze of glory. Now, don't fill his heads with violent <laughs> what-ifs. He can't possibly be thinking I'm serious. Oh, there's a way. <laughs> it wouldn't matter anyway. Zenith's defenses would obliterate us before we had time to pull a trigger. Mr. Orofin, you make a bad morale, Sergeant. I'm excited that we got to bring home this big jug of cider, but I'm a little sad that we didn't get to bring home a puppy. Or a single bee. Yes, I'm sorry I took the one you tried to smuggle, my dear. Wouldn't have been right. They're hard to bring through customs, too. Uh, well, the good news is, if they don't let us land, they'll probably just come and arrest us again. Who knows what's happened since we've been gone? Seems like every time we leave, things go sideways. You got arrested? Oh, yes, quite effectively. We learned the efficiency of the antiheroes. I hate to sound like I'm complaining, but I didn't think I'd get more sick of prison. A uh, quick catch-up. Um, the reason we did battle with uh, Glenn Armistice is because he took over the League and accused uh, our former commissioner of several crimes, which I'm not the one to say whether or not he's guilty of, but he did a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> he was imprisoned and... Because of that and our association with him and the things we helped him do, uh, they took us in for questioning. 
Well, I suppose that settles where I'll be staying once I arrive then. Uh, fellow Crown Vessel, you are cleared for landing. It looks like you have a private dock ready in... Where is that? Acrataria. Oh, yeah. We live in Acrataria now. Well, my hopes are dashed quite effectively. Thank you, uh, Ring Traffic Control. Why did they put the communications hub on the wheel? Didn't they know Wuxia would be on the wheel? <laughs> Good boy, I love you. I love... And then it cuts. <laughs> well, that's nice. Today's been a lot of hurt. <laughs> Push on the wheel and get going. Well, good news. No antiheroes waiting for us. We get to just land at home. I don't know that they usually tell you the antiheroes are waiting for you. <laughs> Fair point. We barely even got out of the portal before we were suplexed. I made one bleed. Took a few of them to take me down. That's impressive. You come into view of the Fallow Crown Mance. There is no ship waiting for you. There are no people on the dock. As you land on your ring gate and lower your plank, you were neither halted nor arrested. No news is good news. For once, though, it would be nice to come back to a throng of screaming adorers. Maybe the traps did work. (laughs) (laughs) I swear if we go in and there's a bunch of corpses in our mansion, I'm going to be very disappointed. Wait, what traps? The way I built them, the corpses will easily go into a hidden room. What traps? (laughs) Yes, what traps? (laughs) Well, I see you've moved up in the commissioner's esteem. This is quite a mansion that your patron has. Yeah, we did have to switch patrons after the commissioner was arrested. We were going to lose our status as a team and had some difficult choices to make. Wait, this is your house? Yeah, ours. This is, uh, that makes more sense. I was looking at it and thinking this can't possibly be the home of Iavos Isadora. <laughs> I say the same thing when I see it. Uh, we had to make the choice, and we signed on with Obsessive Vinculum of Acrotaria. Uh, complicated contract, that, but best we had in front of us. It's an interesting decision. Why not? Why not Kinuin? They want. Ooh. They wanted nothing to do with us. They're still um, mad at me and me. They're mad at all of us. The whole Darkwood thing really hit them hard, and we had a hand to play in that. And the Wild Heart thing, uh, the genocide. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the cake I ruined. <laughs> Let's just say they're still rebuilding, and if we never deal with them again, it's probably going to put a smile on their face. I see, I have a lot to catch up on. You did miss a lot. Well, uh, hell. Gates over there. Yeah, if you don't want me to stick around here, I guess I could go wait with Sex Cat till they arrest me. You might as well come in, maybe call someone. I think we might have some of your things. That's true. Our patron purchased our old belongings before we were gone for a long time. When we didn't come back, they auctioned off the things in our apartment. I see. They probably deleted all your Xbox files, though. How long was it here? Well, the time flow was complicated in the dimension we were in, but to us it was close to 18 years, but here I believe it was more like months. I see. Well, I'd given it all up for lost anyway. I don't know that I need it back. I'm trying to give you a reason to go inside, you massive tit. Oh. <laughs> My shirt fall down? <laughs> I, I, I look at Nellie. Do you have any Sour Patch Cobalts? It's been a while. Oh, I'm sorry. I I don't like sour candy. Lots to catch up on. <laughs> well, we do have a lot of rooms. And chances are they might come and pick you up soon anyway. You might as well take a couch. I promise I won't get it wet. I wish houses had captains. <laughs> as you enter the manse proper, you are suddenly bombarded with the awareness, the reality of the kind of fame, fortune, and notoriety that being a member of the League can really grant. You left before the Fallow Crown became champions, and this is the lifestyle such status affords. I mean, we do have a whole wing available. That one's full of traps. I'm going to have to deactivate something. You don't have to. We technically each have a wing, me and Penelope share one, but I have several unused rooms. I just don't have enough stuff to fill them. 
I've been slowly filling mine. I have a meditation room now. I meditate. I'm a person who meditates. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. You'd best stay out in the basement. I can't decide if I want to ask what you're keeping down there or not. You'd best not. Oh, that's that's Wush's mangrove. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mangrove. Well, would it be weird if I started a stew? Too familiar? I think it'd be weird if you didn't. Fair enough. And it does help me think about things. Uh, why don't you go help Palafon find a room to at least uh, put his things down in and show him where his other things are? I'll begin cutting onions. Uh, Nelly, dear, would you help me prep some vegetables in the kitchen? Oh, I was, I was going to show Hal where his, his things are, but um, I, I can do that. That's all right. I was going to ask Espar what I should do if I get arrested. Yes, he would be a good one to speak with on what to prepare for. Well, I'll take Nelly into the kitchen and start putting things down. My dear, I can't help but notice that Wushaw is treating you quite differently now. Oh, you noticed that. You told him, didn't you? Yes, Papa. Well, I'm glad you found the time when it was right. I promised I wouldn't for you. I'm sure we'll be able to mend things between you. I hope so. I miss him. But if you don't talk to the cops, don't they just get more upset that you're not cooperating? It's actually funnier that way. Because <laughs> you can just laugh at them and they can't do anything about it. That's not been my experience with cops before. I've already contacted Thaddeus and Yartz. Why does that name sound familiar? They helped us the last time we were detained. Oh, those two. That one? <laughs> Did you just use the royal we? <laughs> but should any trouble come, I'm sure they will mitigate most of it for us. Now, it's best if you don't admit to anything. There's a lot of room for you to say that you were influenced, controlled, dominated. But I don't think you were. Influenced. Maybe, but my decisions were mine. You fucking idiot. I could have been wearing a wire. <laughs> you do not admit to anything to anyone, ever. <laughs> you, know what, you just slap me. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it was so easy. That's how they'll trick you. Have you not heard of gangers? <laughs> I see. Sorry, I grew up on a heavenly plane. There are no cops there. <laughs> But all jokes aside, why did you do it? Hal looks at you, waves his hand, and casts a spell. Can you roll a save against Zone of Truth? Mm. You know, wisdom is my greatest stat. Oh, that's a 13. All right, that is a fail against Hal's spell save. Are you wearing a wire? I am not. All right, well, in that case, I'll tell you. <laughs> good. I try. You were always a good student. Not when it counted, maybe. You just had bad teachers. On Ethel Toa, when I went after the press conference, I met Mum there. Something was happening. Something I didn't understand. The dark wood was growing. But I didn't, we didn't know much about it then. The only time we'd encountered it was in the Forge Challenge. Mum had allied herself with it, but she didn't explain herself to me. She never, she never does. Did. I guess. She said there was power and that it would prevent the prophecy from coming true. I think I've mentioned it before. Ethelto is a plane of infinite war. And there was a prophecy. If any army ever won the war, infinite war would spill out off of Ethel to every plane everywhere else. War, the concept, the embodiment, the, the plural entity of war would exist everywhere instead of being contained. And it would take the form of whoever won. When I was dragged to Ethel Tower, Mum's allies were losing. The, the villains, the evil souls on Ethel Tower were defeating the forces of good. I didn't trust 
the dark wood. I didn't trust mum, but I couldn't sit idly by and watch war destroy everything I've ever known or loved. I knew it was a risk. The only thing I knew about the Darkwood was that it had killed Penny's father, that it had hurt her somehow. But then one of Penny's actualizations came and spoke to me. She told me it would be okay, that I had to do this, but it would work. It would stop war from consuming everything. And I didn't feel like I had a choice. Not after that. The showcase highlighted something for me that I don't think I'd ever realized. On the team, I was the most obvious member of the league. I was the outstanding recruit, the prospect that had been courted since birth. They were already printing posters of you. Lest I heard my rookie card was worth quite a bit. But on the team, the fellow crown, I've always been the odd man out. Penny's the first plural ever in league history. You are yourself. Iavos is a septuagenarian who slept himself into another dimension for a hundred years. Wuxia is the embodiment of whatever he's the embodiment of. And I'm just a guy. An athlete, a fighter, a, a warrior, certainly. But there was nothing about me that was special. Nothing about me that was unique. People were asking me questions. What do you want to do with your future? How do you fit in? Where do you see yourself? Well, I see myself as a member of the team. That's all I ever saw myself of. That's all anyone ever imagined for me. And I never had the imagination to think of anything else. I didn't know. I was born to follow orders. I'm a soldier, Gaspar. I'm not a dreamer like the rest of you are. Mum had orders I could follow. A purpose that she could give me that I didn't have to determine for myself. It meant I could protect everything. I could pretend I was a hero. Wusha continues to quietly lurk in the doorway using his hidden step ability to make himself invisible not trusting Hal alone with any of the members of the team that he actually cares about. So are you waiting for the next person who's going to offer you a future and follow their orders? I'd be surprised if anyone had a future to offer me. At that, there is a knock on the door. Uh, could someone get that for me? Oh, I'm not busy! That sounded awfully close. <laughs> <laughs> Hal and Gaspar both turned to look at the empty door frame. <laughs> you can see big wet footprints leading away from it. <laughs> he must have got too close to my zone of truth. <laughs> you open the door, and in front of you is a very familiar figure. Rain Fallen Foe stands before you. Her black hair is combed into a side part, and she wears a simple gray linen suit. Making sure to no longer be invisible, Wusha says, Well, look what we have here! She adjusts her half-moon spectacles. Hello, Rosha. How are you? Different. I can see that. It suits you, really. Thank you. It's hard to hide. Come on in. Of course. Not that hard to hide. <laughs> we stopped broadcasting after you dispatched Tamaliel. I wasn't sure if I would see you here, Hal. I don't want to run forever. I know that voice, who'd... Rain! You're... you're unprisoned. Rain's here? <laughs> a cacophony of little hoof sounds echo through the halls as a tiny fawn comes flying out from the kitchen to hug Rain. Uh, she gives you a big warm embrace and she seems a little preoccupied, but she's excited to see all of you. You could smell my stew, couldn't you? <laughs> from all the way down at the entrance. Well, um, I don't need to tell you that you fucked up. Do I, Hal? Oh, no. I've told myself that quite a bit. If you had spoken to us, if you had said anything, we had resources to help. You didn't trust your friends and you didn't trust us. And we can't forgive that. But, technically speaking, you, as always, acted in accordance with the League rules. You were always very good at that. Technically, 
you've committed no open crime. Only league penalties. But technicalities aside, you did fell a team member, you did kill someone who did not need to be killed, and you did act irresponsibly, and put us all into a very difficult situation. But regardless, you're not going to be arrested, yet at least. But I am not your team manager anymore. I have new responsibilities, and frankly, we have a lot on our plate. But nevertheless, there are those who wish to speak with you. You said we. Are we to assume that Mr. Shigure is also liberated? He has been reinstated as the commissioner, pending a final and official vote. I see. I'll set two more places at the table. You might need to set more than that. The administration is coming to dinner. Yeah, that's nice and all, but I think maybe you're thinking of someone else. Dirk Bradley doesn't have friends. Parasites have hosts, not friends. You're not a parasite. Well... Not a harmful one, anyway. Besides, I don't think a parasite would have received all that fan mail. <sighs> what fan mail? The only letter I've gotten in the last six years was the garbage hospital they take the trash bags to. Apparently you're not allowed to poop in the garbage, no matter how eco-friendly it is. I wonder how much a wizard would charge to scour that memory from my mind. See? I can't even open my mouth without diarrhea pouring out. Just like my garbage can. Well, then someone's going to have to explain this. What's all this now? It's one of the bags of fan mail you've been getting since you started this job. Mostly from kids and weird people on the Scrynet, but there's some winners in there. Advertising opportunities, requests for convention appearances, a few solid job offers. Frankly, it's sickeningly sweet how many people worry after you and your bizarre collection of personal troubles. I marked the ones that read like stalkers with a red sticker. And there he goes. Dear slave, you are my sexy little maggot. I want to watch you crawl through the filth to serve me. I've had worse Thursdays. Ooh, a picture. Good lords, don't read that on Scry. She seems lonely. This one has a lot of lonely people. Just like you. What do you mean, this one? Dirk, your father profited immensely from your self-doubt. You worked very hard to make sure you had no idea how well-loved you truly are. This was just the one bag I bothered to grab. Beta D22 has dozens of these. I can't believe my dad was talk-blocking all this fan mail. And now I'm dirt deep in posthumous post. I don't know what to say. You don't have to say anything, Dirk. They're already saying We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Oh dear, I've been making this stew all day, and it's just not very good. Sounds like a job for us. Oh no! There's pixies in my kitchen! Brownies to be exact! And we're here to fix your dinner! We'll use tricks of the fae and add flavor and intrigue to any stew, soup, goulash, gumbo, or etouffle! Mmm! Delicious! Don't ruin another meal with your boring human spices! Call us! The Pot Brownies! We'll make the stew, you help yourself! Hey all you cuties, I've been running out of ideas for fun mid-roll introductions, so I'll just start dropping some weird facts. A glob of toothpaste on a toothbrush is called a nurdle. Visit theluq.com for links to our social media pages to become more in touch with the show. Check out the actors' bios to get more in touch with the cast, and join the Discord to get more in touch with the LU community. And while you're there exploring these things, don't forget to check out the Patreon for a ton of different tiers with a ton of different rewards. Our current legendary mid-roll teams are the Titans Rise, the Forgotten Legacy, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Twilight Concord, with Maisie, Mike Gordon, Big Boy Roy, and Caitlin Oliver. To get a personal message right on the show or for possible advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com. And don't forget to follow us on YouTube, where you can watch Monday Night Live premieres of new episodes hosted by Dana, and catch me and Zach's ongoing Pokemon Nuzlocks midweek. And don't forget, one of the nicest things you can do for the show is leave a review. It's fast, it lets you get your voice out there, and it really helps us reach more listeners. And it really means the world to us. But that's enough out of me, let's get you back to the Battle Axis. New from the makers of Herbal Elvins, a new cleaning product just for our dwarven friends. Introducing Dusk Beard and Body Wash, a powerful 7-in-1 cleaning and moisturizing soap with exfoliating iron shavings and great scents like loam, fresh concrete, hops, and baked potato. It's a body wash, shampoo, conditioner, armor polish, coyote repellent, leather curing agent, and antihistamine, all in one. Battle and mining might be your personality, but they don't have to be your scent. Dusk Beard and Body Wash. All the smelting without the smell. There is no second knock on the door, at least not yet. Instead, Doug walks out of the closet. (laughs) Somehow I always knew he was there. He is wearing his usual plain clothes with none of the usual wonder and amazement in his eyes. Hey. Doug! Uh, welcome to our home, Doug. Gaspar, that's an elaborate trap. I'll take full credit for it, yes. <laughs> uh, thanks. I like welcomes. How long have we had a Doug in our closet? About eight seconds. Oh, thank goodness. I was waiting for a good moment. It never came, so I just exited. Well, that's almost very polite of you. I like to think of it as that we've never not had a closet without a dog in it. Every closet could have a dog in it until opened. (laughs) You have no idea how true that is. (laughs) Yes, uh, cosmically speaking, that is is true. 
I like to think of every door as a door to somewhere else. That's deep, man. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Don't every door go somewhere? (laughs) How do you feel about Stu? He's pretty cool. I've never really had any issues with him. We're in full agreement. (laughs) I am pretty sure you're talking about the food. Correct. Okay. I knew you'd get there. Mm -hmm. So I'm the abstract of intention. I'm Wusha. There's probably should be more preamble to that. I'm here early because I'm important to the conversation. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yes. Yes. And I think you'll understand why later. Probably. Is there something you need to tell us now before the others arrive? You haven't asked the questions yet. So no. Do you intend to help us prepare for this dinner? No. Do you need a special chair? You are very bad at questions. Yes. Why are they meeting us here? Ah, uh, politeness and thanks. Hey, I get to be the first one to thank you. Thank you very much for doing what you did with our armistice with the with Glenjamin. Is it Glenjamin? I believe Glenn is short for Glenjamin. Yes. <laughs> is that what we're talking about today? Oh, a lot. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of the words. So they're meeting us because they're grateful that we put an end to whatever it was Glenn was doing. Part of it, but that's not why I'm here to talk. It's not the, I'm not here early for that. I'm here for something else, just to tell you about what I am. Do I need to tell you anything or do you already know? That is a difficult question to answer. I know some things. I know the things I intersect with. Do you know what question I should be asking? Yes. And it is? Uh, what do you mean by the abstract of intention? He was supposed to ask it, though. Any points to Yavos? Just waiting my turn. The abstract of intention. Let's talk about that. I understand the concept of abstract a little bit, but you representing intention, how is that significant? He points to Nelly. That is an abstract, but it's a lesser abstract, the kind that you see everywhere. Uh, devils and uh, angels like you, well, kind of, and um, the headless like you. You're all ideas. And you two, well, hmm, I don't know if that's true. Most people are also ideas, but they're very complicated ideas. Uh, What Hal was before he is what he is now is a very complicated idea, very nuanced and specific. Nelly or Penny or the entity that you understand to be this person, that creature right there, points. My daughter. That is a less complicated idea which is why it happens a lot. And it shows up in a lot of places and all those ideas are connected. I, or the thing that I am above this, am a very simple idea. Intention. And you might be asking, what does intention mean? What does intention mean? Thank you. I remember you asking that. Go ahead and try to answer that question for me. Uh, Just knowing. Don't intention mean the thing you want to do? Close. Yes, it's uh, it's an act of will. Okay, what's will? He's a friend of Stu. <laughs> ha! I got that. An outdated term for a wisdom or charisma safe? <laughs> will is uh, desire with action. Choices. Okay. Intention. You're describing intention. Can you describe intention without using another word? Belief. That's a whole other thing. And now you understand the problem because you're all very complicated and complicated brains want to complicate everything. I'm very simple. I'm a thing that doesn't have a definition without defining it by something else. You have to use words that don't really fit and everything gets kind of muddled. Wushan leans over to Gaspar and says, I don't think anybody's ever accused me of being complicated. So much more than you think, Wusha. So much more than you think. Well, that's not hard. The problem is, um, hmm. Well, I don't exist here. I'm not real and I can't be. Normally, if you want a God to be somewhere, and I guess that's the word for me is God, uh, it has to manifest through the wills and intentions of others. Funny, right? But isn't will intention? Bingo. Shit. So keep in mind that in order for a God to manifest, I have to be a part of it. Okay, are you with me? Not at all. (laughs) Wait, why is there a zone of truth in the room? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, if 
in order for a god to manifest, there has to be intention. And intention is how quintessence is passed from creatures that are complex to creatures that are less complex. Then you understand what I am and why I'm important. You're an ATM. No. Wow, no. Okay. I think I'm grasping the weight of your concept. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good. And I like that. I like that you get that. That's very important to me. I don't think I do like it, but I do accept it. Yeah. I also also like that you get that. So, you might also be asking yourself, how do you do things? How do you know stuff? That's quintessence, and I can just use that. But I have a limited supply. And I haven't gotten to that part yet, so I'll leave that later. So... I can just make your will and intention become something real because you intend it and you have quintessence and you pass that to me and you get it. Everybody good? Yes. Can I, can I test it? Yeah. All right. I've been a little uh, anxious, nervous about the fact that no one's stirring the stew and I'd like there to be someone or something to stir the stew, please. Do you want to be the one to stir the stew? I could be. Sure. I'd like to be. <laughs> You are now standing in front of the pot. Now, I can only do that because you wanted to do it. All right. And because that's what you were going to do anyway. Sure. And because it's possible to be done. All right. So I couldn't tell you to turn this pot to my mother. No. I don't want that anyway. But I could make it so your faucet makes chocolate milk. I do want that. I don't think you do. It gets really gross. I'll be the judge of that. Nope. Let me finish. <laughs> if our kitchen's a ship, I'm the captain. <laughs> and I veto the chocolate fountain. And that said, of course I turned the stew down to a simmer. I'm not a novice. It's a fond don't from law. Yeah. <laughs> well, in that case, our dining set only has eight placements. Can you make the table longer and add more? I'm not here to do parlor tricks. I'm here to explain stuff. So, you... Nelly, you kind of get the whole issue with time with these, right? Any points to the rest of them? Oh, um, sort of. So you were Penny Dreadful oh so long ago, and because of your actions, stuff happened. But the Darkwood is relatively new. So how could you have been there that long ago, but still here now? Oh, because uh, time doesn't work the way people think it does. It's not linear. Exactly. So... I'm going to give you a little example. He reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a ridiculously garish jacket. (laughs) He puts it on, walks over to a different closet, opens it, and then walks out. Then he comes back in about 20 seconds later. See? No. Oh, oh, you probably don't remember. Yeah, because time and uh, flesh, because you have flesh brains. So... Remember when I talked to you outside the bookstore and I was wearing a silly jacket, this silly jacket, and I said kind of like this? Yes. That just happened. Because you can. No, because I was going to. I follow. Yeah, which is why I can't help you. So that's not a parlor trick then? I mean, it is. I literally went into a parlor technically and it was a trick, but it's something I was already going to do. So you could help us set the table. No, because I'm not going to set the table. We can be rest assured it's not a hat trick. You can think of it as as fate, if you'd like. Yeah. In in Eudaimonia, we talk about fate and stories. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. So that's what's going on with me. How are you? No, that's not it. That's the normal thing. That's what you usually say. Um, Sorry. Uh, This is very difficult for me because I'm, I'm a body right now, and that's new. Doug is just a guy. And then I, he was like, hey, do you want to do that? Do you want to do your thing in me? And I was like, hey, that's cool. And I did that. At that explanation, uh, Wusha looks a little uncomfortable. So what point are you trying to make, Doug? Nothing. I'm setting the stage for later stuff. And you're not going to like it. I believe you. I think that's everything. Rain, is that everything? Yes, that's everything. Well, you see, so we can set a stage. (laughs) I think I follow all of it. Uh, not to say it isn't incredibly confusing at the same time, but it, the fact that we interpret there being multiple dogs is really just dog existing in multiple places because he exists in multiple places. Yeah, that's where he was going to be anyway. And they're all connected through the times they were at other places. Yeah. Because it's just time. Also, fair warning, that door now opens to the Bowery. I'm really sorry about that. Hell yeah. 
I high five Doug. Hey, I like those. That feels nice. Mm, tingly. Uh, but don't go through it a lot because it's not supposed to do that. And everything I do that's not supposed to happen gets worse the more you do it. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> but in an emergency, you can pop over. Conversation got harder and harder every moment. <laughs> we do find ourselves in a lot of emergencies. Does that mean people in the Bowery can just open the wrong door and end up here? No, because there's no door over there. Huh? Oh, so it's another trap. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of those. Well, the good thing is this conversation is about to end. Knock, knock, knock. Oh, get it. You open the door and find Johan and Absissa. Absissa is wearing a dress designed to look the way her hair used to look, like fire climbing up her body. Her hair, on the other hand, looks like a billowing cloud of smoke. Old roommate? Manager? Come on in. I was never your manager, just so you know. I am, currently, your administrator. Boss? There you go. Come on in. Easy. Johan, on the other hand, is wearing a simple black tie outfit. Hello. How's everybody doing? It, welcome to our humble home. I'm just kidding. It's actually really nice. <laughs> My home is humble. For good reason. I don't believe Obsess is capable of anything other than uh, a lot. Grandiose, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Stop. So, what are you talking about? Uh, well, Doug showed us that our closet is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Did he? And he set the stage. Oh, I see. I'm not sure my intelligence score is high enough to relate to you what we're currently talking about. No, I already understand. Um, I can make it simpler for you. He's supposed to do that. Ah, so you've met. Doug is the abstract embodiment of intention. And right now he is embodying a person that volunteered to be that way. And why is the hard part? Uh, is it because of will? Sort of. All right. I want to set the stage further. Not all of the administration will be here to help or speak with you. Everyone who is coming are those who, for one reason or another, intended to do right by you for their own reasons. So a room full of friends? You could call them that. I will. To clarify, I never intended to help you. I was paid to do so. Handsomely. Wusha <laughs> opens his mouth and looks like he's going to say something very smart and then puts his finger down and shuts his mouth. Like the late night scries where you pay people to be your friend? <clears throat> Not quite. You have to understand that for me, this was an investment opportunity. I have made more contestants in the short time that you have been my team than I have from any team in the entirety of the time I've been a spokesperson. Rest assured that I was never convinced it was out of kindness, but I was no less willing to participate. Transactionality doesn't undermine the value. Not at all. I, as hard as it might be to believe, am just a good person. <laughs> I want to do what is right, wherever possible. Aren't you lawful evil? I was. Have we met? You've I've... probably only seen him on the big screen. I don't believe we've actually been introduced. Not in person, but I know who you are, of course. Of course. And I know who you are. Well, then we've basically met. Excellent. Then I can spare you the details. I offer a hand to shake it. <laughs> he returns the hand. Johann Goethe, spokesperson for Verrata. Alephon Anderson Jr. I don't know what else I am right now. Free agent, I suppose. But in actuality, I wanted to help the commissioner solve some important problems and assure that the League was made and designed for good. And I hope you believe that. It's always a bit complicated when you're on the same side as a devil. Don't I know it? Shall we sit? Please, I was really worried we'd have to figure out where Gorson Ox was going to hover. <laughs> he will not be coming. You have to understand that what you did for him, to him, is not what he intended. You see, he's a complicated being. He fell in love with his wife. And he was incapable of being on her plane of understanding. And so he voluntarily dreamt himself incompetent mm. so that he might be a part of her life. And by removing that block, you effectively reminded him of what he is. And since there has been difficulty. That's an unfortunate side effect. I understand that for you, you probably imagined you were doing the right thing and arguably you were. But... It is difficult and dangerous to play in the minds of plurals. 
Hal kind of glances over at Rain. Lots to catch up on. She nods. I believe our guest of honor is here. She steps up, walks to the door, opens it, and outside you see a self-driving carriage. She goes to it, pulls out from underneath it a wheelchair, and then aids the commissioner in sitting down. The commissioner is barely holding himself together. What damage was done to him in that cell seems far worse than you imagined. His skin is sallow and weak, almost paper-like. His hair is largely falling out, and his eyes are sunken. And yet the irises still glitter with that same golden brightness that you saw the first time you met him. As Rain wheels him up, he greets you all warmly with a smile. Hello. I'm sorry I am not to myself today. It seems the air outside of your cage didn't do anything for your health. No. Too far gone? Not for this body. There's nothing the body can do to get better. Age, as you know, is something permanent. Yes, indeed. But with hope, we might be able to find some kind of solution long term. Well, if it makes a difference, I spent quite a while in paradise, and it did a bit for my health. (laughs) I'm sure I will give it a try once my mission is complete. Oh, if you go vacation in Eudaimonia, let me know, I'll tell my family. I wouldn't suggest the same vacation I took. Understandable. Let us sit and talk. And as once you offered us food, I shall do the same. Thank you. I'm very hungry. I assumed you would be solving something. A little less complicated than the beautiful array you presented to us, but no less important in its subtleties. I prefer simplicity. After you finish your stew, and some of you going back for seconds and thirds... Come on. (laughs) Keep it coming. Third? (laughs) Who do you think I am? (laughs) We got two digits coming. (laughs) The commissioner is the first to speak. First, I would like to tell you that you have my thanks. Without your help, I likely would still be rotting in that cage, and the league would be under the control of a dangerous man. Because of you, Doc Bradley and Warren Rusbro are safe at home. It was Warren Rusbro that prompted us in the direction to set things right. Yes. Partly at my behest. Not long after tonight, you will be escorted to the Silver Citadel in Abel, and you will be subject to a grand inquest. I'm sure you anticipated this following the conversation with Glen Armistice. I did my best to pretend it was a threat, but I did fear it was coming. <laughs> he must be in a cell now, huh? Glen Armistice did not return with Dark Bradley or Warren Rossborough. Their ringgate was hijacked by pirates, and armistice fell in the battle. Or I suspect they would have us believe. Can't say I'm going to cry about his loss. I'm sorry, when I said you wouldn't be arrested, I didn't mean at all. Oh, I assumed it was coming. The thing that makes me most nervous is not knowing enough about the Silver Citadel to understand the depth of this fate. The Silver Citadel is a district in the section of Abel that you are familiar with. In actuality, Abel is a far more complex and vast place. But for your sake, the Silver Citadel is the embodiment of law, order, and to a much, much lesser extent, good. They represent many organizations that have a stake in the actions you have taken and the entities you have encountered. I should take this moment to tell you that these will not be criminal proceedings because you are not under arrest for crime at least not yet this is a fact-finding inquiry but they can often end in sentencing of some kind you should be prepared for the possibility that you will never return to zenith or your homes that includes your home planes after all they have punishments that are far in excess of simple incarceration i am very familiar i know And I am sorry that you will have to return there. But when you do, we will help you accomplish what you need. The purpose of this inquest is to determine your involvement with the unprecedented spread of the Darkwood and the damage it has caused. Doug can help illustrate the severity of the problem. (laughs) This is the thing I was setting the stage for. 
Uh, I'm here because I'm dying. Oh, you as Doug or you as intention? The latter. Intention is dying. Yes. Throughout the cosmos, uh, the Darkwood is sapping the intention and will from living beings, and it has infected me. I can feel the absence of will growing. Doug is my scion, a mortal vessel intended to carry the last fragment of a plural soul. I believe you know something of this process, Yavos. Only by name. And ain't that what Glenn were trying to do? Not quite. You have to understand that Glenn Armistice was trying to bond a living mortal soul to himself. And by doing so, he would become something greater. He would become what Halophon is, what the antiheroes are. They are multiple iterations of complex ideas, but they are not the same as an abstract like, say, your friend Penny or I was. What a scion is is something else entirely. Thank you, Johan. When you are referred to as a scion, it implies that you carry with you the remnant of a god. This was a phenomenon that we had not experienced until we found error. And by finding error and learning of this process, Dag was capable of doing the same. But in this form, he's not capable of holding back the force of the Darkwood. Hmm. So if Papa is a scion, we've known that this whole time. What god has bound itself to him? I am afraid that the family you are looking for has always been with you. There was a Darkwood there as well. Yes. What do you mean, Papa? The acre. Dark trees that wouldn't burn. It. It's a concept. But what god bound itself to you, Papa? Not all gods are personified. Some gods are emotion. Feeling. Rebirth. Apathy. It was a concept. Family is a concept. We don't know all the details. But all of you were tapped. Deliberately. Because you are all intrinsically linked to the Darkwood. Gaspar, your original self made a pact with the Darkwood to become a plural. And has been in its service ever since. Halavon. Your mother invoked a Darkwood ritual at your birth and tainted you irrevocably, only later to finish the process. Penelope, for the longest time we believe you were born of the first world to fall, and now we know that to be true. Yavos, when we discovered your soul was on error, when your sister brought you to us, we knew that this was the time to act, to do something. I'm sorry we could not tell you more. But Dog informed us that that was not how things happened, and so we could not defy it. But unfortunately, he does not know what happens next, because we suspect he won't be alive much longer. Don't you worry. I know each of you has your own problems and infections to deal with with the dark wood, and I'm there to help you every step of the way. Wait, all of us were picked? I'm so sorry, Wusha. Dog? Doug walks up to you and places his hand on your shoulder. Hey, bud. Do you want to know how you died? Diggity, dearest Dirk. When I was a kid, I didn't really know how to get people to like me either. Thought maybe if I wore a big enough hat, people would have to pay attention to me. So I went out and got this horrible corduroy number. And let me tell you, nobody wants to hang out with the guy in the corduroy tricorn. We believe that an encouraging message in your voice would be a tremendous help to those calling into our self-harm prevention skyline. Your natural vocal presence and unyielding optimism is exactly what we're looking for. I spent a long time convincing myself I wasn't good enough. That if I kept my head down, the hard part would pass, and eventually things would get better on their own. They didn't. Not until I listened to you. It wasn't easy, and I'm still not out of the woods. 
But I'm starting to feel like there is a way out. I never thought anybody understood what it was like to be cast aside by the people who were supposed to love you. You gave me the confidence to just be myself, unapologetically. I met my best friend and soon-to-be husband at a taxidermy convention. I know you can't come to the wedding, but if you could give him a shout-out... I represent a local chapter of a child abuse center. We'd love to have you as a guest speaker, and if you're interested, as a spokesperson for the organization. Your story, strange and inappropriate as it may be, speaks to the struggle of so many young souls. Thank you so much for just being you. You really helped me more than you know. I love you, Dirk Bradley. Thank you. We've been trying to reach you about your son Sloop's extended warranty. I'll never forget it. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Thank you. Dirk Bradley. Thanks for helping me figure out who I am. Great honor to Dirk Bradley. You inspire me to be the best possible version of myself. You never apologize for who you are. Thanks for that. I love you, Dirk Bradley. Thanks for being the funniest son of a bitch on Scry. Dirk, you're my favorite. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, Dirk Bradley. Thank you so much. Make another pot of soup. Ooh. Oh, ready for this. <laughs> Make sure it's briny as fuck. Fucking boil them muscles. <laughs> I don't want to go to Abel. <laughs> I don't want to be judged. I'd like to go around the table and hear people's favies. I mean, it's a lot of information dumps, so I don't, I don't, don't feel obligated to give a good answer. <laughs> Choose a highlight of information. Though. Let's start from... Uh, Law over here. Oh no, Shit, going backward. Boy, I I'm really excited for how I get to unpack all of this with Iavos. Like just the emotional journey he's going to be on, figuring out the truth of this. That's a that's a big pill to swallow. <laughs> My favorite part was Invisible Wuxia. <laughs> it's a very good scene. I'm clear like spring water, baby. Invisible Wuxia was going to be my pick. Uh, I, I'm most excited to figure out what's happening because Hal just listened to all of that. And like Michael, he's still confused. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll explain it maybe, later. Maybe it'll make more sense when I catch up on the episodes that I've missed and fill in that background information. Cause I'm still not caught up. So there's a lot of stuff that these guys know that I'm like, Huh? I, I hope I didn't completely honk it up when when Doug was explaining. I'm like, I want it to be in his per, in his voice. Oh yeah, no, it's just a it's a high minded concept. Yeah, which is the point. Like you're not yeah. supposed to get it, kind of. Right. Yeah. I feel like I'm very in character. Hal is. <laughs> I am playing Hal, and he is me. Speaking of Doug, my favorite moment is closet Doug. Oh yeah, just fucking like having been there, walking in out of nowhere, fucking goddamn monster, having a fancy coat trick. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. That was that was a cool callback. I liked that. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I did really like the uh, the Doug lore dump a little bit because you know we've loved Doug since the start, and I was like, oh, there's obviously a lot more to Doug. And then we go, we dig Doug. Um, but then the whole like you can't have the gods here without intention. So you're like, oh, so you're kind like you're. You're a necessary route for all the gods to exist. And then I was doing like the little Gaspar thing in my head where I was like, so what if we got rid of Doug? How would that? <laughs> but then I was like, oh, but then, you know, the mortals wouldn't have intention, all that. And then so I never really brought it up going like, oh, yeah, what if I stabbed you, Doug? Uh, and then we go, oh, well, Doug's dying. It's like, mm. oh, <laughs> so I think that I, that should set up the whole, you know, gravity of the fucking situation. Yeah. But then. Obviously, the best thing that's going to happen is the spinoff. Doug, Stu, and Will. <laughs> Just college buddies. We, we do side quest. Our, na- our names Doug are nouns. Our names are verbs. <laughs> <laughs> We're just simple terms. <laughs> uh, Beautiful. Yeah. Um, for me, honestly, it was just how 
fucking funny all of y'all were this entire time. Like y'all just kept hauling ass on the goofs, <laughs> especially like the whole lead up and like the interaction between yourselves. It was just beautiful. Uh, <laughs> I really feel good about all of this stuff and I'm really excited going into the next uh, couple episodes. Uh, thank you, Hedegar the Editor, for editing this episode. Thank you, Brie Golden, for making all the maps that we use. No ma- no Brie Golden map today. That's not going to be happening. But uh, until there until there is a map from her, we wish you luck. Yeah.